Hello, welcome to my podcast. This is a show in which I'm going to be asking amazing guests a really specific set of questions based on the Proust questionnaire. It's going to be so, so good. Welcome to the moment of Proust. We do touch on some dark subjects in this show. It'll be super fun, but my lawyers have asked me to tell you that if it's an issue for you, please be aware. All right, let's crack on. My name is Elliot Vaughan. I'm a record producer, wine drinker, book reader, and most of all, a person you've never heard of. Luckily for you, this podcast is not about me. It is about my amazing guest who's going to be answering the Proust questionnaire. Proust was a turn-of-the-century French novelist, essayist, critic, uh, all-round fun guy, who believed that these questions, when answered honestly, could reveal a person's true nature. So that's what I'm going to try and do. So I'm really excited about today's guest. I pestered him for a while to get him on, and we finally managed it. So not only is he the singer of the fantastic rock band A, who I have years of fandom with, He's also a superstar producer with credits to die for. Mr. Jason Perry. How you doing, pal? Good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's all right, man. It's, uh, I've, you know, I've been following your life and career for too many years. Now. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, um, I remember having, I remember being on holiday. I think we were in Devon or something. And uh, I had like three CDs and Hi-Fi Sirius was one of them. I think, uh, I think Down With The Sickness was one of them, or The Sickness by Disturbed, and yeah. something else. So <laughs> I remember having like two, two, three weeks holiday of just those three CDs. Oh my goodness. So I've, 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 I think I've probably heard enough of you. In my- yeah. Oh no, sorry, <laughs> mate. <laughs> no, that's great. It was a form- formative years for me, really formative. But um, I, I wish I could remember the other, C- the other CD. Did you ever go like- to an A gig? Did you ever see his live? Uh, I um, oh god, it must have been. I think it was at a Reading festival, so it must have been very early on. Right. Um, I don't know what year. Maybe did you play two thousand two? Possibly. Yeah, I think we did six six times Reading. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be early. It's going to be one of those years, two thousand two, two thousand three. Was it ma- main stage on the main stage? It would have been main stage. Yeah, yeah, two thousand two. We did it. I think. Yeah, I yeah. think. With Slipknot and some Forty One and Muse, yeah, um, it was a but good then day. I saw Muse. I get them confused with Muse at two thousand six as well. So yeah, I don't know. I remember Matt tripping over his amp. He jumped over his amp and fell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting next to Roger Taylor from Queen. Oh my god! <laughs> and and what's his name? Taylor from the Foo Fighters. And we, everybody just went, "Oh!" And Roger Taylor went, "I've seen some things in my career, but never that." <laughs> Like, trip over his amp. How did he trip over his own amp? He ran round the stage, round the back of the amps, and oh. then jumped over his amp, which is just like a combo, and caught his foot on it. That's oh, his own fault, then, isn't it? It's showing off, isn't he? Stand still. You've got to sing. Stop showing off, Matt. <laughs> I think he's. Yeah. I think he's all right, though. I think he's managed to I, overcome it and um, have it, a million it houses po- all around it the world. Halted his career much? No. It? <laughs> that last Muse tour was unbelievable. Great, yeah. greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I saw him, it must have been 2006 when I saw him then, because I think they headlined that year. But um, phenomenal. Um, anyway, 
Should we dive into some questions? Do you, uh, uh, were you aware of this thing before I sent you the... Have you, had you heard of it before or not? I'm afraid I hadn't, but then I listened to Chris's one, which was really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. And obviously Chris is a lot more eloquent than me. He sounds like a broadcaster when he speaks. He's got um, a great... He's got an amazing voice. He should be a thespian. He should be yeah. on the stage. Whereas I just sound like a bored dog from Leeds. That's, that's all right. That's good. I, um, I lived in Leeds for a few years, so I, the, the accent, I love the accent. But it was Marcel Proust and obviously he just wanted to get into kind of get underneath people's skin and figure out what makes them tick. And yeah. I think it's really interesting because, you know, I'm sure you spend a lot of your time talking about music, which is great. And that's what we both do. But I think sometimes it can get a bit tedious um, and you get the same questions, same old shit. So it's nice to kind of get people in this industry and just creative folks generally to talk about stuff that isn't like... What's what, your favourite like, plugin? <laughs> Yeah, what mic did you use on this or, you know. Hello. Um, all right, so let's um, let's dive in. We'll jump on to question one, um, and it's a nice one to start with. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Can you have a few of these? You can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be. It's more about discussion, mate. Yeah, because so I'm generally got... a happy, easy-to-please person, I think. Right. So I get happy at lots of simple things. Mm. So, like, I don't know, cooking a Sunday roast on... Uh, kind of October time when it's just turning into into fall and the weather's still nice and I've got the mm-hmm. Deftones on and Arsenal are on the TV and I've got a glass of red wine and, and the kids are all milling around that and the window starts steaming up but you can still open the back door it's that's happiness it's amazing or sitting on a beach listening to yeah. the ocean or the sea or some kind of water with your eyes closed in the sun and um one one strange thing that really makes me happy is when you're on tour in a band, especially in, in arenas, is yeah. is sitting there somewhere in the arena after the gig and everyone's cleared out and just watching the loadout, watching it, and you just got this amazing, like, ridiculous kind of afterglow if it's been a good gig and um, and you're tired and... You feel like you've done a good day's work and then you can you see all the crew kind of working and that kind of camaraderie that you get on tour and everyone's just in a really good mood and you're just sitting there watching this whole thing being torn down knowing that you're going to do it again tomorrow. And it yeah. just makes me feel really content. I love doing that. I just love sitting in sound checks or after the gig. You know, I love the gig as well, but gigs are hard when you're a singer. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that moment afterwards, just have a beer and sit there and just feel really content and, and just, um, you feel a bit euphoric, like you've just done, you know, that feeling you get after exercise where you've got kind of endorphins rushing around and mm. whatever that is, whatever that hormone is. But yeah, that makes me really happy as well. Love that. Yeah. I, I, um, I've never done arena tours, but I've played big shows. I played drums and it's, um, I'm like a super nervous person before, so the the entire day before the gig is a state. Yeah. So for me, it is that that opening that first beer after the gig. Yeah, yeah. Is is great because usually just because I've got through it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but if it's a good gig, it's even better. And yeah, you're right. It's just got there's there's something about that, and you go, you know what, fucking yeah, it's great. You it? feel like maybe you deserve to be there for that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but a beach as well. You know, I, I feel like I was possibly born to live in the sea because I love the sea, I love water, um, and 
yeah, I fully relate to that. It's um, yeah, send me. Out. I don't like sand much though. So if I could get from like the promenade to the water without having to cross the sand, that'd be great. Oh, I love the sand. Love the sand. I'm not, not about it. I'm not about the sand. It's just purely the water. Um, yeah, it's amazing the so, water. Yeah. I go walking the beach every morning. We live live on the beach here, and it's just yeah. yeah no matter how you're feeling, that wakes you up, and you know whatever the weather. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really uh, meditative for me. It's like, you know, I, like yeah, you say, however here. I'm feeling, I can be sat listening to the water and um, it it kind of puts things into perspective and it calms me. And, you know, I figure a lot of stuff out as well. Just you know, get ideas or, or whatever. Sadly, we're not that close to the sea here. So in fact, we're not close at all. I think that closest seaside is Western Supermare. So. Right. <laughs> Even them, even them, we're not that close to the sea. So, um, 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 yeah, now I live near the sea. I I wouldn't want to move away. It's just, it's just the best. Like I can see, see it now. It's just amazing. But I tell you what else makes me really, really happy. And the same thing about being meditative is is gardening. Just, yeah, I did a garden for a neighbour yesterday, an elderly neighbour who's obviously in lockdown. So I went and did his Mm. garden in the morning, and that it's instant gratification and it's meditative. So. You're thinking about these tiny little jobs, the little doing jobs, but it's creative as well. Yeah. And um, it's almost like making a mini album, but at the end of it, you get to stand back and see it all. And yeah. you're like, oh, and then he fingers her and you, and you go get a bath and have a cup of tea yeah. and you feel like you've done a day's work, physical work. I love that feeling. It's amazing. Yeah. Physical work. So it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I do think sometimes with what we do, you know, we get so bogged down and we're so kind of focused mentally yeah. that um, we're often a lot kind of more tired or I certainly feel sometimes more grumpy at the end of a long day in the studio. Whereas if I've been doing stuff outside or painting or, you know, there's been so much painting going on in the house this kind of last few weeks, I sometimes feel better after that, even though it's harder physically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just sometimes feel Oh, yeah, you feel great after, yeah. Yeah. You feel yeah. like, you've, I don't know, you just, you just feel like you've got, yeah, again, you get this little bit of a, an afterglow that you get after exercise or doing a gig or something, it feels, yeah, it feels amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's great. All right. Let's, yeah, I love that. I think we can both relate to very similar things there. What is then your greatest fear and why? Um, to stop gardening. <laughs> <laughs> My greatest the, fear, I've got loads of garden. fears. I think if we're going to be really deep and this is, I guess what this is about. Yeah. And he, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident, um, or it seems like I am, but I'm really insecure. Mm-hmm. So my greatest fear is not being liked. And I've, okay. I've, and I've never, f- I've never fallen out with anyone because of it. And I probably should. And it's probably one of my biggest, um, problems, but I'm a, I guess I'm a bit of a pleaser. Yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know why that is, but I want to be liked and I want people to like me. Um, so if I felt like somebody was talking about me behind my back, that would just kill me. That and being late. Those two. Being late. Oh, I hate being late. Maybe that stems from the fact that if you're late all the time, people won't like you. So you think, I've got to be, I've got to be on time. because people. Maybe. Won't. I just get stressed being late. If I, if I, I, I'm always five hours before flight, four hours, yeah. five hours. And I love so. being in airports. So just sitting around. Um, yeah. So... Um, there's a real anxiety with being like, though. It's definitely a thing. Oh, it's and awful. It's terrible. Yeah, there's people that, there's people that really sugar with it. And I, you know, I like to be early. My girlfriend really sugars with being late. Um, if she thinks we're going to be somewhere after 
the first person to arrive, she gets really antsy about it. So yeah, I don't want to be the first person though. That's and especially on Zoom calls. Never want to be the first person on a Zoom call where you're stuck in a Zoom call with someone you don't quite know and you're waiting for everyone. And he said things like, oh, I guess they're going to join in a minute. And then you're thinking, come on. Yeah. Or first person yeah. at a party or a dinner party. But, um, first person at a new, a, a, a new person's house. It's a dinner party or, you know, you've been invited and you're like, oh, I'll try and get there late yeah. or later. But then you've got the other thing of, I don't want to be late, late. So I've got to get there early, but not so early. The second or the third person person's about right, isn't it? I'm not. I don't really like parties. I'm no, probably I. in the wrong job because I get very. Um, I have to gear myself up to gatherings. If you yeah. know what I mean. Um, yeah. Since I got to a party, I'm I'm looking looking forward to leaving. I like yeah. the idea of it, but I just want to go. It's really weird. It's like when someone when you ask someone directions and they're not listening when they answer you. That's what I'm like at parties. Yeah. Um, going back to not not wanting to be disliked. Um, I think that's relatively normal for creatives but i think insecurity is a big one and you touched on that but um i think i think a lot of us do it i've definitely feel the same thing do you, do you feel like there's maybe a bit of imposter syndrome coming into your daily life if you're oh, insecure yeah. in that way yeah yeah but it's weird because i'm never satisfied either and mm. um so i think everything's possible like we've got four or five businesses on the go at the moment that me and my brother have just dreamt up in the last month yeah on top of everything else that we're doing. And our whole thing is, yeah, we can do that. And then, yeah. and, and we're really good at getting things off the ground and started and galvanizing people and getting a team together and, and, and almost doing it. Mm. And I think that imposter syndrome is really healthy because it helps you think outside the box. And I try to bring that into music production now as well. I try to be really like Rick Rubin esque, like as, as, yeah. as distant as I can be from the project without looking like I'm lazy. Yeah, but I'm trying to be the man, not at the mixing desk anymore. I'd, well, I'd so rather go and get less hands on. Yeah, I'd rather go and get everybody sandwiches than sit at the mixing desk. Uh, and I mean that. I think I'm more. So um, I, I think that's more beneficial as a producer. I don't think it's about mm. sitting there twiddling knobs much. Although you know we do that a lot. But um, you can get into the weeds with it, they can't. You can get a little bit too into the minutia. Yeah, and, and it, then you lose. You've got a band for that. Thing. Yeah. And, and my job is to stop them doing that, really. Again, Rick Rubin is kind of, you know, you don't produce, you reduce. And it's really hard to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that imposter syndrome, I do think it's really good. The problem is, is then when you, when you take it to the next level, is that you, you end up having these really high-level meetings with really senior people in that business. Mm. And you can come across as a bit of a bullshitter because you don't know what you're talking about. And so you're kind of nervous before those calls or those meetings mm. And you just got to think, I'm an imposter. That's what's so good about it. That's why I'm here. Because they've got a building full of people that aren't, and they haven't come up with this idea because they're not imposters. So I think being outside of the box is, is good. But yeah, every tour we used to go on with A, I'd walk into the venue and think, don't deserve to be here. I'm the worst singer in the world, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd go on stage and it'd be Smash great. It. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It's I really like that perspective of it. You know, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm an imposter, but it's good. I mean, I, I struggle with that all the time. That's probably one of my, my biggest problems. And it's, it's possibly held me back as well because, you know, you, I don't always display the confidence that I need. And that doesn't then instill confidence in the client or whatever. Yeah, I think I manage it, but I am, um, I'm really up and down with it. So it's really interesting to hear that you deal with it, but you take it as a positive. Um, yeah, it's held me back because I don't promote myself. 
I've got an Instagram. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm never. Yeah, I, I don't. I try not to show off and promote myself. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that. I think no matter what people say, if you're sitting there in front of loads of gold records and a Grammy on your desk, it looks impressive. But I've. Yeah. I've never been. I've never. Uh, I'll kill me to do that. Mm. Again, it's down to not want to be disliked. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look like well, a knob. I think, I think we may <laughs> touch on do, that. People who do look like that seem to get a lot more work. Cause, do you know what I mean? Well, that's it, yeah. And I've, I've had these discussions. It's like, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, social media is all about the, what you're presenting and it's not always necessarily true. But I do think loads of people get jobs once from social media or from their, their you know, the portrayal they're putting out of themselves but they don't necessarily get that repeat custom they don't necessarily get two albums with that with that client or whatever because a lot of it is bluster a lot of it is show and yeah. not necessarily um the kind of the daily truth but it's a difficult one because it is that you do have to kind of let people know you exist yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um it's probably slightly easier for you having already done a lot of great stuff but i think if you're starting out it's that it's that line between in any in any industry, I think it's that line between, you know, boasting, showing off, and letting people know you exist and what you do. It's hard, man. I think yeah. you've got to be able to balance that really well. We've like that in um, our band as well. We didn't take ourselves seriously at all, and and that you know, I think in the long run it served as well because people like us and want to work with us now outside the band. But in the short term, you know, it it meant that if you don't take yourself seriously, then no one else does in a way. But yeah, we couldn't yeah. because that it just. We just we're, we're the best job in the world. I mean, yeah. we weren't going to sit around and pretend it wasn't. But um, anyway, sorry, I'm, br- I'm waffling. No, no, it's good. I- Number three, yeah, I waffle too much. <laughs> I think with, with this one, I, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be related to your greatest fear. And what is a trait you like least about yourself? Um, I, I, I've got a, quite an addictive personality, and I can be quite greedy. I eat a lot of crap, and I'm not very disciplined. And, you know, if I'm not feeling great, I'll just go out and get a massive bag of sweets or something. And it's, I wish I couldn't, uh, but I do. And, I, and, I, and, I, and then I, I convince myself, I go, it's fine. At least it's not heroin. Do you know what I mean? Or at least I don't smoke. Or le- and, it, and it's always like a, you're, you know, you're always convincing yourself it's all right. I, I won't do it tomorrow. But I try and stay healthy and go for walks every day and eat healthily. But I can really just go off on a children's party bender and just eat children's party food all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I, I think I'm similar in that, similar in that regard. I, uh, I'm not, like, I haven't got a major sweet tooth. Like I could have chocolate in the house for a year and never touch it. No, I'll come around and uh, sort you out. I'll yeah. <laughs> finish it off in about a minute. So I've got no I, teeth. Uh, like s- sweets though, you know, or like a, a bag of Haribo or like crisps or something, anything salty. I'm like, right. Dive oh, in. I love salt, don't you? How oh, is yeah. salt? I use food as a vehicle for salt, really. <laughs> yeah, it's a receptacle. Yeah, these chips are just a receptacle for the salt I'm going to yeah. put on them. Just yeah, yeah. A salt it's, platform. Um, it, and it's like if I've got a huge bag of something, instead of going, I'll just have a handful. It's like, well, I'm just going to finish the bag on them. Yeah, it's there. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'll finish and the that's, bag. That's one portion. It's just a big portion. Whereas if I was slightly more disciplined, I'd be able to bet, okay, that's going to last me two weeks. I know. Re- resealable bags of sweets. Are you, laugh- are you having a laugh? The irony of the resealable bag. <laughs> and, and also, um, I'll tell you one, another thing that um, I, I don't like. I feel like I talk too much 
and I want to be the centre of every conversation. Mm. And but that isn't. I don't think it's an ego thing. I think it's because I'm generally excited about everything right. and want to be involved in everything. But I want to be the centre of. But then I go to bed every night and then think, oh, and I'm really hard on myself, laying in bed, going, why did I say that? Why did I say this? And that's another thing I don't like about myself is like. Uh, uh, some people go to bed and just go, whatever, it's just another day. I'm, I'm human. I, I'm not, I never say anything to upset anybody, but I'm so yeah. worried about doing the right thing all the time. I just go to bed and punish myself. And, um, yeah. And I also tend to bury my head in the sand a bit, which I hate. So I've got lots of, um, tax, tax envelopes think, sitting there that I I've not opened. A, I think a lot of these <laughs> possibly stem from the initial insecurity, you know, and, and wanting to be liked. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a, it's not pop psychology at all, but I do like that a lot of these things link up and I, I found it with every single interview I've done. It's like a lot of these things kind of end up being part of the same neuroses, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. guess is, is the word for it. Because, you know, you you beat yourself up on things you think that might have been stupid because you're worried about being liked, but then the insecurity means that you're going, oh, well, did I say the right thing there? Was I... Uh, yeah, or maybe wanting to be centre of the conversation is is almost a mask for the insecurity. You know, the attention that it brings to you It's like, well, yeah. if I, if I'm centre of the conversation, I'm I'm secure in this and blah, blah blah. So maybe there's a lot to it, and um, not that this is free therapy, but you know, it seems it seems that that could be something. I I I think I definitely relate to that. Um, yeah, and I do have an opinion on everything as well. I just I just someone talks about something i'm like yeah yeah bah, bah, and, 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 and i just can't <laughs> yeah. wait to get involved i'm like a little yappy dog yeah yeah and i really admire the quiet people in the room still waters run deep as they I say know. like my mate doug i've got my mate um dougie was in our band he's in the fly and he's quite yeah. a quiet guy but when he speaks everyone's like oh he says something amazing like, i wish i could be more like doug and um yeah. But you know, he probably thinks he wish he could. He wish he wasn't so quiet sometimes. I don't know, but um, because he's not quiet yeah. other times. But he he just he just thinks before he speaks. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's he's silent for. Age. I guess what he says has more weight because he doesn't say things so often. Um, and I think you and I are both maybe conversationally just throw a load of shit at the wall, and yeah. some of it will be good, and some of it won't. Um, well, my, my wife regard, says I've just got just no inner dialogue at all. If I think it, I say it. And <laughs> Which is, you know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. There's worse, there's, there's worse traits. You could think a load of awful shit and never say any of it, which is usually worse in the long run. Yeah, that's true. more trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that similar note, what is a trait you like least in others then? Uh, well, I, th- I think it's, it's married with that. Um, yeah. It's people bitching and bitchy people. Because I know that I just don't like it because I'm, it makes my hands sweat when people are in a room slagging pe- other people off because I know they're going to be doing it about me or somebody else. And yeah, I just find it really uncomfortable, especially in studios because it's, I had a producer once that we worked with who was like that and he kind of divided and conquered the band and he'd walk in and he, he'd know people feel, and he, and, yeah. and was like, all right, Jason, like what? And you know, they're just talking about you or why, why are you doing that? We've all got things to talk about. So, you know. Um, I, I think that's it. I think the big thing with, with people that if, if they confide in you behind someone else's back, you know that it's happening about you. And that's the, that's the big thing, really. I think um, 
like you say, someone bitching, you know that it's going to be as soon as you leave the room. Yeah. Oh, Jace is a right prick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, know, it's like, there's no need for it. It's, a- it's horrible. And that and snobbery, I can't, I can't stand snobbery in any mm. shape or form. It doesn't impress me. And I don't just mean about money. I just mean about just snobbery, just, just general snobbery. I, I hate it. I think it's really classless and it's vulgar and it's the opposite of what snobs think it is. It doesn't make you look good when you, when you snob. It makes you look pathetic. People looking down on other people. Yeah. I uh, can't stand it. It just wraps the biggest trait. It uh, really drives me mad. Anyway. I'd agree with that. That's, yeah. That's, um, it's just, there's no need for it, is there? It's just cruel. It's just like, oh, well. And, and who is the, who makes the rules on what's better and what's not? And, you know, with snobbery, it's like, well, I've got this and you, you haven't, so you're less than me. It's fucking bullshit. Isn't it's it? awful. Yeah, it is. It's rife in our world. I did say we won't talk too much about it, but it is rife in our world. This kind of, oh, you haven't got this. You oh, a real. Unbelievable. I know. Yeah. But you're in a position where you can go, yes, but look at this. Well, you're in a posi- no, I'm in a position to go, who cares? It's, um, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. P- plenty of people do. That's the problem. Which living person do you most admire and why? God, that's really hard. It is. Mate, these questions are hard. That's I know. kind of the point. <laughs> I think um, um, I admire my parents because I think they're lovely and they're great grandparents and yeah. they're humble and they stay together. And they've got good virtues, even though they're both really different. Yeah. Um, so I really admire my parents. I think they're amazing. And Arsene Wenger, I really admire Arsene Wenger. And I admire Ian Wright for having a bigger career post-football than he did when he played football and just being amazing. this awesome bloke. But I think the, most, the biggest living person I admire most is, is David Beckham. Okay. Really, I just think he's, I mean, I don't know him, and I've never met him, so, and everybody's got their ins and outs, and no yeah. one's perfect, but, yeah, he, to me, he manages to be one of the busiest people in the world without being annoying, do you know what I mean? He's got his yeah. hands in so many pies, but he's not like, oh, mate, give it a rest, like, he's, he's, he just chooses great projects, and projects that have got heart, and he seems to have a lot of heart. And he just got away with people where he can just talk to anybody. Um, yeah. And he's had to go through a lot of adversity and you forget the bullying that he had. Even people taking the piss out of his voice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and footballers are human beings. And um, I love football. So um, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Beckham's just incredible. There's something about him. Cause I mean, you, you know, I don't, I don't kind of follow him much, but... He just, he's really, really likeable, but I feel like I wouldn't, it's not somebody I would be like, oh, I really love him, but every time I see him, like, I, I like that guy a lot. He always just seems to be. Oh, he'd be making the yeah. best record. He's one of those people that raises a room when he walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, got that, he's just got that about him and mm. it's not arrogance. People aren't scared of him. He doesn't do yeah. it by, you know, I know more about it than you. He's, he's kind of. He can take the mick out of himself, but he raises a room. He's got, obviously, he's, you know, not an ugly man. He's got a great yeah. smile. He's yeah. cool. I mean, yeah, I really admire Beckham. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think he's just likeable, and I don't even really know why. It's just like, yeah, I feel like I'd be able to have a chat at a party. Yeah. I wanted to leave, but I could have a, <laughs> be able to have a chat with him, and it would 
it would just be fine. And it's kept his cool. family together. You know, if they've been through a lot, God knows mm-hmm. what happens behind closed doors there, but they're still, they're still together. They're still a yeah. family. They still do things as a family. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a lot of time for Bex. Great. What is your greatest extravagance? I like mm. this one because people are, feel like they're boasting or something, but it's a good one. I'm not sure. I've got, um, I think traveling probably. Yeah. And if I travel, yeah. I like to travel nicely, nicely, not in style, but nicely. Mm. Um, yeah. Every time I fly to LA, I'm like, I love this. Yeah. And now I'm conscious, especially after lockdown, that we don't have to fly to LA every month. We can do it on Zoom and maybe it's not the best use of the environment and um, need to just kind yeah. of cut back on traveling a bit more. But lo- I love traveling and, and, and my laptop as well. Just being able to work anywhere. And having yeah. that freedom to know that, like this afternoon, I'm going to edit some McFly vocals and I don't need to do it here. I could literally go down to the beach and do it. And if we weren't in lockdown, yeah. I'd get on a train and go into London and sit in a hotel and do it and okay. spend 25 quid at the bar rather than going to a studio and just, you know, have a nice lunch yeah. and, um, you know, cause plenty of coffee and just sit there in a cool hotel foyer and edit. And I think having that freedom to do that is a great extravagance. And if, if, if the sonics of it aren't important, i.e. it's just editing or whatever, why not? Yeah. Why not go look at the sea? Fuck it. I know. It's amazing. But the sonics are never more important than, any, than, than the content ever. Well, no. Ever. No, they're not. So no, they're not. That's secondary. And, and these days, you can always get it to sound good. If you can't make a record sound good these days, then... Don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can make a record sound good if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but again, we keep going on these musical tangents. What is your current state of mind? Um, it's always pretty much the same. Worried, anxious, excited, confused, insecure, confident, um, really excited, full of ideas. Yeah. Five things happening at once that I need to try and focus on to one thing. <laughs> um, and yeah. Same as, same as anybody. <laughs> Has the current um, situation changed anything for you mentally? Are you Yeah, it's made me worried about, mm, about money. Yeah. I, I want to be really frank in all this. It's made me worry about money. Yeah. It's, 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 I try not to worry about money too much, and I've always done all right. But then it's all gone. Yeah. So. And I can't pay my tax, and I can't pay my VAT, and I've got four kids, and yeah. two mortgages, and, that you know, Prices haven't dropped in Tesco's. I've just stopped spending money because I just haven't got any. Yeah. And I'm not going to get any until these projects that we can't finish because we don't have any studios are finished. And it's, it's stressing me. To say it's not stressing me out it would be a lie. It's really, and it's there at the back of your mind all the time. So that's, yeah. that's my biggest, biggest worry. There's lots of things about the lockdown I love. I think it's given us a sense of community. I think mm-hmm. people value, like underneath where I am now, there's a greengrocer, there's a butcher's and a bakery. It's almost like Dickensian London and it's queues outside <laughs> all of them and it's amazing. And people yeah. are talking to the greengrocer now and not just treating him like a knobhead greengrocer. It's turned out he's quite important. Yeah. And um, so I think people valuing or re- revaluing things and it's, a, and it's a bit like why I love snow because it get, and weather kind of gets everybody talking about something. When it yeah. snows, you get this inbuilt sense of community, don't you, that we're all in it together through something a bit different and there's that. Yeah. But, you know, there's people dying and it's scary and, uh, you know, nobody knows the facts. I don't know what 
what you know what's real what's not real what the government are telling you what the internet's telling you but you know it's bad and i know it's not made up and i know it's not a conspiracy i know that much because that's all yeah loaded balls yeah because you've got a relatively intelligent logical brain yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and um <laughs> and i'm not vain enough to think that people want to i don't know have control over me for what reason about my funniest thing about these people people on facebook complaining about privacy yeah like, you're on <laughs> yeah. Facebook. <laughs> Read the fucking small print pal. Yeah, you're yeah, ranting. Yeah. You are the product. You're not Love the it. customer. You're the product. It's it's free, therefore it's you're not. being sold to somebody. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. My my other favorite one. I, I, I'm I did into that. Though. I mean, to target advertising. You know, it's great. I, I can't. It's, I love turning into going and getting all these targeted ads. It just that cuts out the middle, man. I would much rather have an ad that I might be interested in Same than. Here. Than you know some other thing that has absolutely no value to me. It's um it's amazing. But the other thing I really love is um it, it, on the conspiracy theory thing. Um, Andrew Shep said this to me the other day. It was quite funny. He went, um, you have all these people saying, don't believe what you read, don't believe what you hear, but watch this documentary I've watched about so and so conspiracy. I'm like, fucking hell, mate, it's amazing. Don't believe, don't believe mainstream media. Watch this, uh, read this blog instead. That's where I get all my information. <laughs> like it's different. Sake. Um, all right. What do you consider to be the most overrated virtue or quality, however you want to kind of word it? Um, in, in people, generally. Yeah. But I don't think... So I think there's a few kind of almost Victorian virtues that I think are overrated, but I don't think manners is one of them, as long as it's meant... Mm. I, I love good manners and I love courtesy yeah. and respect, as long as it's meant properly and not in a snobby way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think, like, language... I mean, and writing and, and, and people correcting people's grammar all the time. Like, really? Get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we're evolving as human beings. And if some rapper says something to somebody and it connects with them, then that's language. Yeah. And it might not be the way that you were taught in school. And they yeah. might speak differently to you. But they've communicated to somebody and got their heart and their mind. So that's language and it's evolution. And so I, I kind of think that kind of grammar schooly. Oh, you don't, you know, people correcting people all, all the time on social media because they're spelt there wrong. Maybe they don't give a fuck. Or maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they're in a hurry. Yeah. Maybe they're nice people and they're just spelt there wrong. So yeah, I, that kind of kills me a bit. I get a bit, um, I, I'm guilty of it a little bit, I think. Um, but I try to really be aware of it because language is just there for communication. That's what it is. Which is a constant. It doesn't exist, does it? It's just something we yeah. made up. I mean, it's yeah. not real. Yeah, the, and the rules don't really matter. I mean, as long and, as... And they're evolving as, every day. Yeah, as long as people's intent is clear and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, and I don't think I'm half as bad as they used to be. I used to just be a bit of a twat with it. Um, but I do try, I've tried to rein that in because I agree with you that it's it doesn't help anyway. All it does, the only person it effects is really me because i look at what that's all it is isn't it yeah they don't they're not going to change their life because i've corrected the here that they used you know what i mean no it's actually h-e-a-r um they're not going to change anything about themselves yeah i'm not going to be able to change them all it is is me going oh well actually it's just kill me when people say hms rather than hms that kills oh, me. Oh, you, you don't like the, uh, the yeah, H. Because, <laughs> but again, the flip side is, well, that's evolution. If people in Essex want to go HMS, um, yeah. then that's how they're going to say it now, although it should be H. 
Let me make that yeah. clear. But well, it's like when they it's like when they changed the meaning of the word literally. I found that difficult. I know. But, you know, recently it's like well now it's the but with things like that, it's like well the the it that's muddied the waters a little bit for me because now I'm not entirely sure if you mean it literally or if you mean it in the <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like that has now caused the problem. I asked somebody but, in a, in a Tesco's the other day where um <laughs> where something was like toilet paper or something, and her first word was literally. So I was like, "Where's the toilet?" But she went literally. How can that be your first word? <laughs> it either is or it isn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's either down there or it's not. Yeah. But, um, it, yeah, it's become yeah. an overused word, hasn't it? Oh, that's question 10. Yeah, I think literally, is, yeah. literally is the one. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Uh, I'm jumping ahead, mate. You're doing yeah. my job for me. Um, is it ever okay to lie? If so, when would you do so? Don't really like lying, and I've lied to my kids in the past about things only with the right intention. And it yeah. makes me feel a bit sick. That kind of quote-unquote white lie, it's a yeah. slippery slope. But if you watch Ozark, you realise lying gets you into more lies and more lies and more lies. And, and then season three comes around and it's like, oh my God. But um, yeah, so... I, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, so don't ruin it for me. No, I won't. But, um, yeah, I always no, watch no. things about a decade late. Yeah, That's I do. I'm I do. very late to it. Yeah. yeah, I don't really like lying, but I guess it is okay as long as if you're, if you're protecting someone's feelings. And, you know, my kids believe in Santa Claus, right? So, um... Yeah. You're not going to shit on their dreams, right? No, now, are you? no. Yeah. I think that's it, and I think it is, you know, I've said it before on this podcast, but it's usually just about avoiding pain, I suppose, mm -hmm. isn't it? Or just needless, you know, you don't have to be like, yeah, well, you're five now, Santa Claus isn't real, fuck off. There's no need for it, is there? I know. <laughs> I know some parents like that, though. And it's yeah, like, I do as well. Does it matter? Does it yeah. really matter? I guess it's like the, the language thing. It's like it, it doesn't matter if right now they think that's how it is. It's not affecting anybody. It's not hurting anybody. And they'll figure it out on their own at some point anyway. Yeah. So you don't, you don't need to trample on their dreams right this instance. What is your most overused phrase slash word? Oh, my most, I think the word ace. Ace? Yeah, and shit. I love the word shit though because it's got so many different meanings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it could be could be but, the shit which makes it ace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it could be shit. And the word amazing, I say amazing a lot. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And by the time, it's not amazing. <laughs> well, it is to me though. Oh, well, because everything is. Yeah. Yeah. My, my kids are just like, that's not amazing, Dad. It's literally a shoelace. <laughs> and I was like, it's yeah, literally, but it's, a great, it's great shoelace. No, but it literally is a shoelace, Dad. <laughs> and um, if you think about it, shoelaces are amazing. Who ever thought of that? They are amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, probably doing better than we are right now, though. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't really take the piss out of it, can I? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, who or what is the greatest love of your life? Um, my children, especially when my my youngest daughter fell off a top bunk last night. You really feel it <sighs> that you die for their kids. Yeah, and um, yeah, one of my kids was in a car accident this year as well, and. Oh, just keeping me awake every night thinking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, my children, and it's that it's that love that will never you, you're in love the second they're yeah. born. How old are they? All you said the youngest was five. Sixteen, fifteen, ten, and five. Sure, and wow. the youngest ones are the easiest ones. Believe me. The they easiest. Get, yeah, they get harder as they get older. God. Less stuff to worry about, I guess. When Mate. Yeah, going through it right now with a few things, but um. Just life in it, but they're amazing and I love them. And they're all di they're all totally different. Yeah, and um, yeah, 
think the greatest feeling in the world is holding their little hands. That's probably it. It's going to make me cry thinking about it. Just holding their That's hands. Right. Loved going to oh. school run just so I can hold their hands on the little. And one day they don't want to hold your hand anymore. And it's like, oh, kills me. <laughs> and then you have to have another one just so you can have that. That's back. what we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother's got, I've got no kids. My brother's got four as well. So have you got, what is it? Uh, four. Three boys and a two girl. Two girls. Oh, three boys and a girl. Yeah. Right. Little girl. My brother's got two girls, two boys. So it's like that perfect kind of thing. Yeah. And I think they, they were like, should we just have another one? And they're all pretty young. I think the, the oldest is 11. So it's quite, you know, they're quite com- compressed in age. And um, yeah, they, his wife has said on many occasions, just misses having a baby in the house. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I do. I love having a baby in the house. Really? Amazing, yeah. yeah. Because kids are the most selfish things in the world. Um, yeah. They don't, but they give you so much in their selfishness. Yeah. Just by... Yeah. I guess they have to be, you know, it, it's just, they've got to survive for the first 10 years of their life, I suppose. It's all about them, isn't it? Oh, you're thinking about is them, but it's so rewarding. Yeah. It's incredible. Amazing. I'm not so, there yet. Maybe one day. Yeah, one day, maybe mate. Maybe one day. It's not for everyone. Uh, this may be related, but when and where were you happiest? Um, this is more specific. Obviously, the first question is kind of... Yeah, probably, probably obviously when my kids are born. Um, I think on, you know, being in Japan, doing Summer Sonic, things like that, we're oh, in a band yeah. and... Just sometimes I'm m- most happiest in a recording studio when we get our first that magic day when it's all amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, but just generally on a beach, getting off a plane and smelling the air in a new country is incredible. Yeah, I love that. Um, but I can just be happy on a Sunday morning having a lion. It makes me feel really content. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty happy. A, a lot of things make me really happy which I'm really happy about <laughs> yeah that's good I'm not, it's good I'm not you, a happy it's snob. good that you only have one thing one occasion where you go I was happy then and never since and never <laughs> yeah, yeah. never before there's well, been I'm, a few I'm, for I'm, you've always got an un- unhappiness as well because I, I'm really um, nothing's never fulfilled in a way not in a family way but in a career way so I always think I'm a bit of a failure and you know I felt when I got to 50, I had all, all these amazing things happening, and I do, but not as much as I wanted to. So I've um, still it, got loads is, to do. Is, is that not the game, though? It's always about pursuing that, and, you know, you, I don't know if anybody ever gets, because I don't know if there's ever a point where you go, yeah, this is fine now. If, if your aim was to get a million quid, for example, and you get a million quid, and then you go, oh, actually, I could do with two million, I could do well, with yeah. ten million, and I no. think it's always the same. You know, I've done things that I never dreamed I would do, and if I could go and if you know, sixteen-year-old me looked at it, you go, why the fuck aren't you happy with this? This is amazing. You're you're being a twat. But the more that I do, the more I think, well, actually, I want more. I want to do this. I want to do this. And there's yeah, things you, that you don't I know it when you're do. in it. I tell you, you don't know when my band stopped and the phone stopped ringing, and I remember, mm. and I still find it hard. Um, I rem- remember. But I, I appreciate every day I was in a band. But you, you yeah. don't you don't know when you're in it because being in a band is one step forward, ten steps back. If, same for any band. You're not getting good news all day. Even Coldplay, you're not getting good news all day relative to Coldplay. You know. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I've got so much time for bands that stay in, stay around, and and still make great music. It's, but yeah, back to music again. But um. Um, yeah, I think when your kids are born, you just feel love like you've never felt and almost, and, and fear like you've never felt. 
and um, never not never not worry now for the rest of your days. Yeah, and for all the, and we've had some some bad things happen as well, and yeah. you just worry throughout the pregnancy. It's a tenuous thing, and yeah, it's horrible. But, um, but that's yeah. a good day when they're born. Oh yeah, yeah. Amazing. I feel like the I feel like the day we got our dog is the same for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> which, I, which, I can relate you know, to that. I love. And when I look at him, I'm like, man, if this is what it's like. Dogs are amazing. Fucking amazing. That's incredible. Uh, all right, what talent do you wish you had? What we're going to do? This will be the last. Well, I say the last. We'll do a bunch of quick fire after this one, okay. and then towards the end we'll get a bit more chatty because it they get a bit deeper. But which talent do you wish you had that you don't? I wish I was a better speaker. Even talking about language earlier, even even me saying that is an insecurity around the fact that I, I can't speak very well. Like my right. mate Dan, who's um, the bass player in our band in A back in the day, he's on Radio 1 now. And mm. he, he's got one of those voices that when he speaks, he can just, like he can tell a joke and everybody listens. And yeah. I just gabble and feel like people, um, um, I, just, I just find it, yeah, I'm not great at being able to articulate or re- even remember things. I can't tell jokes very well. I can be funny, but I can't tell jokes. Yeah. Whereas Dan really can. I'd love to be able to have a second language or just be be a better speaker in a way and have a yeah. better a, a better body. <laughs> just because well, of sport, work- I'd be good. I wish I could be really good at surfing, but um, I never was. You can work on the surfing, though. I can't. I'm terrible <laughs> swimming. I've tried. Fair enough. I um, yeah. I think with language or yeah being a good orator or orator however you want to say it i think some of it's natural but i think some of it can be learned i think you yeah. just have to do it don't you yeah now, i've done lots of public speaking before and people like it but um yeah i just would like to be better at it this possibly goes back to the insecurity mate maybe you're either better than you think or you, you're too insecure to really kind of pursue it or whatever yeah you listen to obama speak and you're like oh my god yeah. Like, yeah, but and then you compare compare him to the current incumbent. It doesn't. No, you know, being yeah. out, being able to talk doesn't necessarily mean you'll be more or less successful because he yeah, seems to have managed. That's down to the content <laughs> rather than the platform. He's but he's got both wrong, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, if you could change one, so yeah, we'll go a little bit quick. Fine, oh, yeah, kind of f- yeah, uh, first first thing that comes into your head. How's that? Um, uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, my body. I hate okay. everything about my body apart from my wrists. Your, your wrists. Do we like need to get into that? And that's about it. <laughs> Rest of my body is awful, terrible. I wish body. the I wish there was a. What is the best thing about your body? And you said my wrists. <laughs> that'd <be> great. <laughs> that'd be the that'd be the headline that I would use for the video. Um, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Uh, I don't really, I don't really have one that I consider a great achievement. Um. No. You can boast. You can boast. This no, is the time to boast. I don't really have one, really. I mean, I've made some records that I'm proud of, mm. but that wasn't me. That was a band. <laughs> so yeah. I just helped yeah. them. Um, yeah. Fair enough. No, I That's don't fine. think I've achieved what I want to achieve. It's hard. Maybe it's a question for the, for the deathbed, isn't it? It kills Not me. Once you realise. Uh, that uh, that we, is my greatest achievement. I think I'd lie on my deathbed and think um, I was all right. Yeah, I tried. Uh, with people. Yeah. With people yeah. Great. And that I wasn't that's an good. arsehole. I think that's probably it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm an arsehole. 
I think that's an achievement, especially, you know, the world can be fucking hard. Yeah. So, you know, not being an arsehole is a... My kids would disagree with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's they're meant to though. Yeah. They're supposed to say that. Uh, if reincarnation is real, whom or what would you like to come back as? Um, Arsene Wenger or Meza Ozil at his best. David Beckham. Um, Chino from the Deftones. Oh yeah, nice. Just the band Rush, but probably All three of them. Yeah, but probably Mike D from the BC Boys is who I'd like to be more than anyone. I think yeah. he's the world's coolest man. Fair enough. Most people say like a cat or something. It's interesting that nah. you said humans. That's good. No, nah, I don't want to be a cat. No, no, man. <laughs> if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Um, I'd like to have a little place in Palm Springs just for a couple of months of the year, mid-century bungalow. Nice. Um, I love Orange County. I love Laguna Beach. I'd like to live down there, but there's loads of cons to that as well. Yeah. Love the Pacific um, kind of Northwest as well, but again, it can rain a lot. Um, I think London's amazing. I'd love to live in Primrose Hill, but I'm happy living here by the sea, uh, in Leon Sea. I love that, but yeah, I'm in California, probably. Yeah, great. Nonsense. Yeah, you can kind of rely on the weather for the most part as well. Yeah, you? Northern California as well. People are a little bit more sane and, and you get some seasons and you, you can wear a jacket at night and... Uh, yeah, I love that. I've never been, I've only ever been East Coast right. uh, in the States, but, you know, one day. Yeah. What is your most treasured possession? Uh, my laptop. Or laptops. Three That's on what the you're go. saving a fire. Yeah. It's the only thing I'd probably save. Yeah. Apart from the kids. Yeah. <laughs> some, some drawings. Hopefully the kids some, have saved themselves and you can yeah, grab yeah. your laptops. Some drawings by the kids would be nice to save. Um, yeah, laptops. It's kind of. That's it, really. Everything on there that you need. That's your life. That's my life. Uh, really good. What do you value most in your friends? Um, I just think honesty and they make you laugh. Yeah. Friends, yeah. Can, friends can make you laugh and just say inappropriate things. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and real good friends. Like, like Mark, the guitarist in, in, in A, he's mm. one of my oldest friends and I haven't seen him for a couple of months. And we're on totally the same wavelength. I could say something to him now and three words in a text and make him laugh. Yeah. And um, he's saying, and it'd be like, we were just with each other yesterday. So, um, yeah, I think I I really, I think laughter is a big thing. Ability to make people laugh and to be horrible and sick. What's great about (laughs) friends. Yeah. If anyone heard some of this shit you say outside your friends group, they'd be. You wouldn't horrified. believe it. Yeah. 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 It's great. That's, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Who are your favourite writers? What is their best work? It can be books, it can be music, it can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, I really like Michael Lewis. He's a yeah. really good writer. I don't read any fictional books ever. Um, right. I think it's either it's ADHD or it's a fact that I don't believe it. As soon as, as soon as somebody tells me a fact in a book, I think you're making, making it up. We've <laughs> <laughs> got Lebanon, 7.04 a.m. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I love films and I, I like the idea of books, but I, I love reading books, but I always have three on the go and they're never fictional books. So mm. whoever's written it, but Michael Lewis writes great business books or whatever you'd he, say he writes, but he's just a great writer. Lyrically as well, I think... Um, I oh, like so many bands. It's hard. To, it's hard to choose, really. Yeah, it's hard. I think yeah. the Beastie it's, Boys really are just biggest geniuses of all time. So, yeah, lyrically, they're yeah. Anything they write. Do you have any real life heroes, and who are they? 
Um, Rush. Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Footballers, um, the sports stars, I, I think, are, are incredible. Um, yeah, Thierry Henry, Ian Wright, um, Meza Ozil, for, mm-hmm. for as much as he drives me crazy, <laughs> still a hero. Um, Chino from the Deftones, who, you know, met a bunch of times and he's a nice guy and I just think he's incredible. I'm glad he's but, nice. I'm a huge but, fan, but I'm, yeah, I'm the BC man. boys, I think are my biggest real life heroes, Mike D and Ad Rock and obviously Ouch before he died. But those two guys at the moment mm. and seeing that, well, I went to see them at the forum two years ago for the spoken word thing. And it's the best thing I've ever been to. So they're my Have real, you met them? Um, only to say hi at a festival. Yeah. Not doesn't really involve, doesn't really, I wouldn't say that's meeting them. There's a new, is there a new movie out, a new TV show out about them? Uh, there's a film, yeah, there's a movie out on Apple TV about just showing that live, that spoken word thing. Right. But it's not as good as the one that eventually came to London. That was right. unbelievable. Yeah, so funny as I'll well. Have to, I'll have to watch it. I'll just, yeah. uh, that passed me by. Amazing. Great. Okay, so this is a point where I just have to do a little disclaimer saying that we might touch on things that some people don't like hearing, so they should just skip to the end. <laughs> um, but what do you regard as the lowest depths of misery? Uh, I've had quite a lot of that in the last five years. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, this time last year, I just felt like I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Couldn't get out of bed, sat in the bath for three hours, couldn't move. Didn't know whether to go make a cup of tea or go do an email. Couldn't turn left or right. Just days like that. You know, the more text messages that got from friends saying, let's go out for a beer, the more I wanted to run away and go back to bed, even though I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, Just proper, like, depression, like I never knew existed. Um, Because in the middle of a divorce, I never wanted to happen. And I blame myself for the misery cause to my kids and mm-hmm. yeah it's that's and, and my wife as well it wasn't just misery it was helplessness feeling like lost feeling like a little kid wanting someone to come and tell you how to deal with it i think they're the problems when life throws up something that you don't know how to deal with you don't know what to do about it and you're helpless that's when that's real misery so i can't talk my way out of this one yeah, you've got no control and you feel useless. Um, yeah, man, I've not, you know, I've not had those specific situations, but I've felt the same as you. Of you know, I've been laying, the, like you say, laying in the bath. Thing, I could just put myself under here, yeah, because there's no no reason not to. Um, you know, waking waking up and you think, oh great, yeah, got another day of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being honest about it. It's um, that's the point of this thing. So. On that, what would be your biggest regret? Yeah, I think when people say they don't have regrets, I mean, I, I regret my, but I, I regret not being good enough at my job. That my band isn't still a band. Mm. I re- not saying that I could have done anything about it. We did our best, but we just weren't good enough. Mm. And if we were good enough, we'd be the Deftones, and we'd be here now. Um, yeah. I don't think the music business is as unfair as everybody says it is. I just think people have got it and people haven't, and we had it for a while, but we didn't, we weren't as, yeah, I mean. You had it for me on that holiday in Devon, mate. <laughs> other members of my band would disagree, but so I regret that. I regret not being a better singer. I regret being away from home, away from my family when I, when I worked. 
And I, I regret that me and my wife are not together. I regret that that's going to have an effect and does have an effect on my children because they didn't, they didn't ask for that because I wanted to be married and a happy family yeah. for the rest of my life. But I, it's only, you know, I've never given in on anything, really. I haven't never given in yeah. anything and to give in on the most important thing that's for your children, then it's, it's hard for me to deal with that because I'm a big softie, really. And um, Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think is going to help me much in life. I think in order to get through that, you've got to be a little bit more selfish in your thinking. And it's yeah, really hard for me but, to be like that because I am a big softie. Not, you've got to kind of got to move on a bit. And But yeah. You've got, to own, you've got to own that, man. I don't think there's anything, you know, and I think the hard man that, you know, nothing can touch him, nothing can hurt him. I think that's a really sad thing to be as well i'd love to meet i'd love to meet him because i don't know where i don't i don't actually think he exists i think there's a i think there's a an idea of it maybe and maybe there are some but i think they're borderline sociopaths then at that point but i I, you know i don't think there's anything wrong with being soft as you call it or things affecting you or being worried about how your decisions affect other people i just think that's how it is um i mean do you take blame for the situation? Are you are you okay with sharing the blame? I mean, how, yeah, of course. Or? I mean, well, yeah. My parents split up. I was about ten, I think, and you know whether you need to hear this or not. Honestly, it it was probably eventually really good for me. Um, in the in the long run, you know, I was able to overcome it pretty well. It it was hard at the time, but I think it it kind of ended up being the best thing for everybody. Whether that. I think I think this has as well, um, yeah. and I think it will do as long as we can keep it together. And yeah. that's my um, well. The answer to question twenty-five is: How would you like to die? I'd like to, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to die knowing that um, the most important person in my life is is a mother to my children, mm. whether we're married or not. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to, and I, I want to move on and have a relationship with with other people. Yeah. Um, that would be how I'd like to die is knowing that kind of did everything we could to try and keep that going. Um, it's personal stuff, but I, you know, some days I just want to get on a plane and fly to Australia and be selfish, but you wouldn't, yeah. you never leave your kids. I've had some, some days I just want to go back home, you know. Manic Street Preacher song in it, Australia. Try and get as far away from everything as you possibly can because it's all a bit shit. Yeah. Um, that's what that song's about and yeah. I, I feel that too. I think, but again, yeah, you, you know, yeah, getting a hug from your kids. That yeah, I think they're, I think they're fine. Um, and and yeah. their mum's great, and I try to be the best dad possible. And uh-huh. you know, but we're only human, aren't we? And I've, you know, you got to work. But I think this job just, I think this job's really shit. <laughs> yeah. I think this, but I think the reason it's really shit is that it's really good because I think because it's a job that people want to do. Those jobs have been left. I mean. I've got mates who are directors of photography on big movies, yeah. you know, and if, if that movie's wrapping up at 10 o'clock and they go over to 11, there's a union there to give them more money or make sure that they don't go over to 11. Yeah. You know, I think I'm entitled to work from nine in the morning till six at night and no mm-hmm. more. But I've got this thing where I feel like I've got to be a monk and be away from my family to go make a record and it ruins lives. And it's yeah. ruined. It's ruined part of my life, and it's ruined people around me's lives. And you have no friends, and 
your relationships are hard and it causes resentment and and and, and for what just to earn just because you like doing it and there's no yeah, protection it's not like you're earning a shitload of money you could go be an OT support go and earn more couldn't you yeah and and you know the royalties aren't what they used to be so but we do love it and the fact that it's such a good job to do means it's an yeah. absolutely awful job and it's bad for your mental health and yeah. you're always second guessing everything you're trying to keep everybody else happy the people in the room are like a surrogate family and your children and you're trying to make them happy all the time and worry and like, who's trying to make you happy Where, where's the producers union or the musicians union making yeah. you happy and it, it exists in fashion it exists in movies and sport imagine a footballer working the hours we work well, they, wouldn't be, they, they certainly wouldn't perform, would they? And, no, and, and we're expected. And we have to, to perform as well. And I'm know, right there with you. I have all the I've, answers to everything. I've ruined relationships because of this job, and I think I've, I've, you know, got through other strained ones. But it's because it's vocational, and we just put. If you do it right, I think you put all of yourself into everything you're doing. So, yeah, it, like you say, it's bad mentally because a failure feels personal it's bad physically because of the time you spend it's bad relationship wise because of the time you spend and you know i have the the amount of times i've said yeah i'll be done at six and i'm home at 10 or home at midnight or whatever and i've missed things i missed a wedding because i had had to play a gig in um japan and i just fucked up my scheduling and um could have flown later could have done all this and missed you know my girlfriend's dad's wedding yeah and um yeah, we got through it, but I'm not. I don't think anybody was all that happy about it. You know yeah, what I mean? And I was yeah. like, I could have, I could have figured that out. I could have, I could have done that differently. Um, yeah, I've done 12, 14, 16 hour days. I've done thirty hours over two days. You know, all this sort of yeah, stupid it's, shit, it's which is bad you. for me. It's bad for the people around me. Yeah, and um, there's no one to protect. There's no one to protect you. And, and and if you speak out about it, then it's like, oh, you're grumpy. And I'm not grumpy. And I love producing records. And but I'm I'm sure I can get the most out of a band without being there till midnight and i'm not very productive at night i just get I'm, I'm better in the morning i'd rather get up at 6 a.m and work i'm like a different person first thing yeah. in the morning and it's knowing yourself as well and you know i kind of want to you want to go out my dad used to come home every night and have sit at the dinner table with the family and have a meal every night and we had to wait for him to come home and that structure that that generation had or we had it seems to be lost now simple things like that that are really important um yeah especially when they're gone <laughs> you don't have, that's you, the maybe thing, isn't it? yeah you maybe you yeah. don't appreciate them and you take them for granted and you think they're going to be there forever and then they, and then one day they're gone and you're like what so i could have a number one record somewhere yeah and yeah. you know but anyway I, yeah. you know i don't want to moan about it i do i do love it and about some but amazing times and made some amazing records and i just made one right now which i think is my best thing i've ever done Amazing. So I'm really proud of it, but um, it just yeah. fills you the pit of your stomach when you think I'm going to go away for a month. Although part of that I love, it's glamorous. It seems glamorous. And it is, traveling's good and nice studios are good. ICP's a great place. I love being there. And, but yeah, you've got to realize there's a consequence to it all. All right. Well, that's that, I believe, is all our questions. Thank you. That was really good. All right. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Good to talk it, to you. It was really... Um, informative i think it was really open and fascinating and um yeah i think i've been honest men need to talk a lot more there's no i had a good time 
So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, have you got anything you want to talk about? Anything coming up? I know we're in a weird situation, but if you want to plug anything, now's a good time to do it. I got nothing to plug apart from how good the new Don Broco and McFly records are going to be. That's that's what Fuck we're working on at the moment. And um, yeah, they're, they're, brilliant. They've come up with some magic, both those bands. So yeah, nice. it's exciting. Love it. Love music. And music is our little saviour as well. So we'll take that for granted how amazing it is. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, we'll we'll cut. Um, thank you so much for your time. It was brilliant. And um, yeah, thank you. I enjoyed good. it. Um, we will uh, we will chat again soon. I'm sure. Take it easy, man. Thank you, mate. See ya. And that is the show. So good. Thank you for listening and spending your precious free time with us. Please leave us a review on Spotify, on iTunes. Click like, click subscribe. Come and say hello on Instagram at Moment of Proust. And more next week. Thanks.